Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Unbothered. Your host, Josh, here today. I'm going to be talking about the Bills Jets. Yes, that includes Aaron Rodgers' injury, torn Achilles. That is officially the bummer of the season. I get into that. I'm going to update my AFC playoff teams, obviously, with nowhere in Rodgers. I'm not picking them to go to the AFC Championship game. Uh, last year, I did the same thing with the Eagles and Cowboys. Cowboys, I had winning the division. And then Dak Prescott got injured. I switched to the Eagles. Worked out good. So, yes, I'm switching this because you get that kind of pass with Aaron Rodgers being out. So, I update that. And I give you my top ten teams in the NFL post-week one now. This is a new year. I'm not thinking about last year, two years, five years ago. I'm thinking about the present till week one, post-week one, breaking it down. So let's get right into it. Bills, Jets. This game to me, there was so much hype around it. I was so hyped for this game, seeing Aaron Rodgers um, in a Jets uniform. Of course, I talked about it on my podcast Monday a morning. This was, you know, day of 9-11 as well. Aaron Rodgers comes out of a tunnel with the American flag. Straight up gave me chills. Gave me goosebumps. I mean, you saw the fans. They were raucous. The environment was rocking. It was loud. Aaron Rodgers uh, running out. Uh, him and Sash Gardner do their handshake. The energy was undeniable. The atmosphere was out of this world. It just was great. And then, uh, you know, the Bills start off with the ball, and the defense holds strong, and we get to see Aaron Rodgers take the field, take the offense. First play, Brees Hall just goes for a 26-yard gain. He looked great back from an ACL really all game. I thought Brees Hall was fantastic, just great. And then Aaron Rodgers under duress, um, then a penalty on Buffalo, you know, gets him going. Aaron Rodgers is then sacked on the fourth play. His second pass attempt because the uh, pass interference or defensive holding negates that throw. So it's second pass attempt, fourth play of this drive. Aaron Rodgers is sacked by Leonard Floyd, and on that play, he tears his Achilles. Now, I was trying to find a silver lining after that play happened. Like, oh, it's his ankle, it's just his calf. And the more they re-showed it, the 50,000th time later in slow motion, it started looking more like an Achilles. The reverberation of the calf, all that just made it feel like he tore it. I mean, all they had to do was slow it down for us shot by shot 50 million times to really examine his calf right there. And I was devastated. Uh, the energy went out of the building. And I'll talk more on the repercussions of Aaron Rodgers' injury after this game. But the game has to go on after that. So you're called upon Zach Wilson. You're worried after that because the Bills uh, drive down the field but settle for a field goal. So it's, you know, 3-0. Next drive, Jets' offense is looks inept. But look at that. Defense makes a play. Uh, for the um, 
Jets, uh, Jordan Whitehead gets the first of three interceptions of that night. The Jets start at their own four-yard line. And what does Brees Hall do right away? Go for an 83-yard rush right away to take them down to the Buffalo 13. Offense stalls out. They kick a field goal. It's 3-3. It's like, okay, they can rely on Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. This is a good enough offense. There's good enough pieces around Zach Wilson. This is a better team than last year. Yes, he will rely on Aaron Rodgers. But the team itself as a whole, if you remove the quarterbacks, it's a better team than last year. Then uh, the Bills march down the field. They answer right after that, get a touchdown. Then after that, Zach Wilson throws an interception. Bills get a field goal before half. It's 13-3. All juice has left the building. I'm kind of thinking that, hey, this game is probably over. Sadly, unfortunately, not the way I wanted, but this is just how it's looking. Enter. The second half. Because the second half, Jets get the ball to start off with. They march down the field, get a field goal, settle for it. I'm fine with that because, hey, it's a touchdown game. Ensuing possession, Josh Allen throws another interception to Jordan Whitehead. That's two on the night. This one I thought was much better than the first one. First one was kind of like a punt. Jordan Whitehead read this one. Jets punt. You're like, oh, here we go. The Ben builds punt, Jets punt. Then all of a sudden, you know, near the end of the fourth quarter, Josh Allen throws another interception. What do they do? The Jets march down the field, get a touchdown, and Garrett Wilson makes one of the greatest catches I have ever seen. Forget Justin Jefferson's catch last year. This, to me, was... As impressive as Justin Jefferson's last year. I don't know if I'll find a catch this year that tops Garrett Wilson's week one against the Bills. Tredavious White, best cover corner on Garrett Wilson. It's not like Zach Wilson throws a fade or, you know, some high pass 50-50 fall. He kind of throws like a, just a touch pass right to him to where the Buffalo defender has just an equal job. And there was 0.6 yards of separation between Garrett Wilson and Jadavius White. They were hand fighting. Garrett Wilson bounces it to himself as he's falling down and secures it. The crowd goes crazy. I'm going crazy because it was one of the best receptions you will ever see. That catch was so good. Watching that live was great. Then the Bills get the ball back. First play. Josh Allen fumbles because Clemens' defensive end absolutely levels Josh Allen. I thought for a second he was hurt because he was laying on the ground as the Jets recover the fumble. The place gets crazy. They milk the clock for three minutes, get the field goal, but you leave just around a minute and a half for the Bills, which is more than enough time. They get the field goal. We're heading into overtime. Then Buffalo... Gets the ball to start off with. They don't do anything. They go three and out. And on the punt, Xavier Gibson has a punt return for a touchdown and just, again, throws a place into another frenzy. It was great. This win taught me that the Jets have one of the best defenses in the NFL. 
They really do. Uh, they're up there with the Cowboys and the Niners. That's established. This defense will be top three all year. I think it's hard to be number one because Zach Wilson's now the quarterback. Uh, you'll be on the field a lot more. You'll get tired more often. But this defense of New York was really good. Four takeaways on the night, three interceptions, uh, one fumble recovery uh, was great. A few sacks on the evening um, as well. Um, let me get the exact number. Uh, they had five sacks, sacked Josh Allen five times. Uh, it was great. Uh, I think the Jets can also win more football games because of their running game. Brees Hall, simply, flat out, one of the best running backs in the NFL. He really is. He proved that again on Thursday night. He was great. And I think Dalvin Cook is a perfect complement to him. So having that two-headed uh, monster is good. Alan Lazard proved big in some spots. Garrett Wilson, this is a good, good team. Uh, it just sucks that Aaron Rodgers is over. But you can't take that away from the Jets because they played a great game. They deserved the win. They overcame the injury. They overcame a double-digit halftime deficit. And they beat the Buffalo Bills. So it was just a fantastic win for the Jets. For the Bills, on the other hand, Josh Allen said it's the same old stuff, different day. And it did. It looked like the Buffalo Bills offense of late last year. Sloppy offense. Josh Allen looked the same. Stephon Diggs, the body language. It all looked the same. Now, usually when you're off for seven months and you're in training camp and you're preparing solely for the first game, that's the most training and preparation you can do is for your week one opponent. So to come out like that, like you didn't go through an offseason, definitely is weird uh, vibe to it. Do I think Josh Allen's going to have four turnovers every game? I don't. This New York Jets defense has given him fits both times last year to start this year. I think the Bills will be all right. There's a lot of people overreacting to the Buffalo Bills and saying they're done, it's over. Am I high on the Bills to make it to the Super Bowl at AFC Championship game? No. But are they now more, even with this loss, somehow they're better uh, equipped and can win the division? Yeah, because Aaron Rodgers is out. So I'm not selling my bill stock. If you're selling bill stock, I am buying it because end of the season, bills will finish with a better record than the Jets. It's inevitable. Um, do I want that to happen? No, because I really like rooting for this Jets team and their young talent. Uh, but the Bills, um, they'll be fine. Will they be great? Elite? No. But will they be good? Will they be fine? Yeah, they will. So let's talk more specifically about the injury to Aaron Rodgers and the uh, Achilles injury. Now, I was you know, devastated when that happened. Uh, Garrett Wilson, uh, you know, was hurt by it. He said his heart hurt. He talked to Aaron Rodgers afterwards, and he just said, sorry, kid. Uh, Robert Sala postgame was emotional, thought it was an Achilles as well. And then you had all these people talking about yesterday. Is Aaron Rodgers going to retire? Is this the last we've seen? He wanted to retire going into the season, 90% sure. We'll even come back. I thought he was coming back then. Uh, Pat McAfee said he would be shocked if Aaron Rodgers went out like that. And Robert Sala 
kind of echoed that same sentiment today that he'd be shocked if the way he's going out. And I agree. I believe Aaron Rodgers is going to put in the um, grueling time that it is to recover from this um, Achilles tendon tear. I think he will come back. I think it's good that it's the first game of the season, not near the end of the season, where you're going to get really a full year to recover. Um, yes, he's 39. He'll be 40 next year, but he did sign the renew, rework the contract, sign the deal to extend to play till, uh, 2024, 2025 season. So he does have one more year left after this. And again, I don't think he wants to go out, you know, your last note playing four snaps as a jet tearing your Achilles. I don't think it's right. What I think this helps them realize is the offensive line needs to get better. It wasn't great under Zach Wilson. It wasn't great with Aaron Rodgers. Um, but now you can target it because you're not going to be as high as you were uh, going into the draft. It also means, and I totally forgot about this until it was brought up yesterday, but since Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play 60-65% of his snaps this season because he got injured, the Jets aren't giving up their first-round pick to the Packers now. What does that mean? They can get an elite offensive lineman of their choice. I don't care if it's a left tackle, right tackle, center guard, preferably be a left tackle. But they can be an elite offensive lineman, much like the Bucks did when Tom Brady arrived. Who did they get? Tristan Wirfs. And it was just the perfect fit. I think the Jets can go out, get some help in the offensive line. That's kind of their major uh, issue to address. I think it will benefit from it. But I think... Uh, Aaron Rodgers will be back. And I don't think there's any viable options out there to get right now. People have brought up Nick Foles, Jameis Winston, Carson Wentz, all of them. But just stick with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson knows the system better. And the other guys that I just named, they aren't much improvements. They don't move the needle for you uh, at all. Um, the only intriguing thing, which I think Shannon Sharp was the first to bring up yesterday, is Call Tom Brady. Now, would I love that as a Tom Brady fan? Absolutely. But do I think that's a feasible option for the Jets to rely on Tom Brady to come back? No, I don't. Again, I would love it. It's not going to happen. Um, But I do think staying with Zach Wilson, it's the smartest move, especially for his confidence. He'll go out, unless it's, again, Tom Brady, you go out and you get a Carson Wentz who's, minimally better than Zach Wilson, uh, you're kind of sending the sign that, you know, you're kind of really punting on Zach. So I think they got faith in Zach. As long as he doesn't turn the ball over like he did last year, I think he has under Rodgers matured as a leader, and he isn't going to have some of those wacky press conferences like last year where he's not accepting, taking blame. I think he has grown up enough um, to where guys like Garrett Wilson – I do want to stick with him on offense. Another note I want to talk about in the NFL. It's that Chris Jones got a new deal after a holdout for the Kansas City Chiefs defensive tackle. Only missed one game with the Lions, um, but he is back now. He got his contract, just a one-year deal which is replacing this final year of his contract. So it's just for this year. 
It's one year, $25 million, like 19 guaranteed. So to me, what this is saying is this is probably his last year with the Kansas City Chiefs. Usually when you hold out and you sign a deal, it's like what Aaron Donald got, at least a two-year deal. Um, some people get, you know, the three or four years, lots of money. Chris Jones didn't reset the market, didn't get a ton um, like I thought he was going to get. But what I think he's doing is similar to what Saquon did with the Giants. Other players are doing it's like, hey, obviously I wanted this much and this much. They were never going to give me that. I don't want to take the fines. I'll take this much, and they'll either give me that contract next year or I'm a free agent and I can deliver. I can make my bag. I'm Chris Jones. I've won my rings. Um, can they franchise tag me? Yeah, but that'll be for a ton of money. That'll be for the Aaron Donald type money if they decide to franchise tag him. So it really puts Chris Jones in a great spot for himself to uh, get that guaranteed money. Uh, either way, I think it's a smart move. I'm glad he didn't play against the Lions. But now him and presumably Kelsey will be suiting up against the Jags. So there you go. He's happy. I'm fine. He's playing now. Don't have to hear any Chiefs bandwagoners whine that, oh, Chris Jones isn't playing. And, oh, Kelsey, they're back now. You can stop whining and you can go back. Okay. But now with the ASC tweak now because of the great Aaron Rodgers getting injured, I've got to update my AFC power uh, rankings or my AFC playoff rankings. So pre-Aaron Rodgers injury, I had Bengals 1, Jags 2, Chiefs 3, Bills 4, or Jets 4, Bills 5, Chargers 6, Ravens 7. Now I have changed it because I have to pick a new division winner. So my new division winner is the Buffalo Bills. So my AFC is mostly staying the same. I'm keeping the Bengals at 1. I'm keeping the Jacksonville Jaguars at 2. I'm keeping the Kansas City Chiefs at three. I'm now moving the Buffalo Bills to spot number four. Uh, I believe they'll win the division, but they'll be um, the least of the four division winners. The five, I have the Los Angeles Chargers. Yes, I have a Chargers at five, the best team to not win their division. I have the Dolphins at six. Yes, I was very impressed with their offensive performance. I'm still not sold on this as a model of consistency every week, though, for the Miami Dolphins. I'm sorry. I'm not. They still have a tough schedule ahead. I have them at six, which means they will have to lose one more less game than the Chargers because the Dolphins own the tiebreaker over the Chargers. And I have the Ravens at seven. So the Jets fall completely out of the playoffs. Uh, Buffalo Bills, new division winner. Miami Dolphins now slide in at six. So with that being said, how I do the playoffs is a little different. I'm still having Bengals, Cowboys, Super Bowl Bengals winning. Don't worry about that. Uh, but who plays the Bengals is now different because the Jets are not in the playoffs. So uh, with the playoff matchups, first round, Bengals have the first round by. It would be Jaguars, Ravens still. It would be Chiefs-Dolphins now and Bills-Chargers. So I believe the Chargers would beat the Bills. That is a regular season matchup. I expect the Chargers to beat the Bills in. I like them as a playoff team right away to now get their first win, overcome what they did last year, and beat the Bills. 
I then have the Chiefs Dolphins. Great game. This game will be played this year as well, so this will be the second time we get it in Kansas City. Playoff atmosphere. I believe Tyreek Hill does go crazy in Arrowhead, but the Chiefs are too much in the first round. They don't lose in the wild card. And the Jaguars Ravens. I do have Jacksonville beating the Ravens. Sorry, Baltimore, you sneak in here. You don't advance any further. So then the divisional round would be Chargers versus the Bengals. I believe that would be a great, intriguing second-round matchup. Joe Burrow versus Justin Herbert. But I like the Bengals to get it done. Then you have a rematch of Week 2 coming up and last year's divisional round. Chiefs versus Jaguars. This time it's in Jacksonville. Much as I wanted to pick Jacksonville for this game, I just can't. Chiefs barely edge out the Jags, which sets up the AFC Championship rematch three years in a row. Chiefs versus Bengals. Patrick Mahomes versus uh, Joe Burrow. Eerily similar now to Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady back in the day where that was the AFC Championship game. Multiple times, frequently. We get that third year in a row. Joe Burrow takes a win. Again, he would be uh, minimum 4-1 and one against uh, Patrick Mahomes at that time. And he would then be 2-1 and one in the playoffs, AFC Championship game against him. And he would advance to a Super Bowl because this game will be played in Cincinnati. I still have them as a one seed playing the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl. But that is my updated division playoff scenario. Now, moving on to my top 10 teams in the NFL. A little different here. So top 10 teams. Number 10, the Los Angeles Chargers. They're at 10. Why? Well, I did like what I saw from their offense. I thought they were very good. Uh, Austin Eckler and, you know, Burrow, or my bad, Herbert, all those guys, they were really Really good. Second in offensive output uh, this week behind the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they were really, you know, fantastic. They were balanced. Uh, defensive is the main concern, but I still believe they will win some games. Second, Buffalo Bills at nine. I shouldn't say second, but number nine, Buffalo Bills. Yes, the Buffalo Bills are at nine. Now, I know a lot of people are selling their bill stock, and I'm buying it because are the Bills a great, fantastic team? No. Were some holes still exposed against the Jets? Yes. But they don't got to play the Jets defense every week. Josh Allen will still carve up a lot of defenses. Still a great quarterback, Kevin Stephon Diggs. I'm not worried about this team at all, and you shouldn't be either, unless you really want them to win the Super Bowl, but you might have a problem there. Number eight, the Miami Dolphins. Yes, the Dolphins are there at number eight. Great win for them. Uh, Tyreek Hill looks like the best wide receiver in the NFL. 215 yards. Miami Dolphins, uh, offensive leaders of the week. Over 500 yards of total offense. It looked like a college football game with their offense, especially in the second half. It was just offensive firepower. All over the field. It was fast. It was quick. It was Mike McDaniel, head coach, calling a great game. Uh, it was fantastic to watch. Number seven, Jacksonville Jaguars. 
It looks like Calvin Ridley uh, now being on the team. Uh, their offense looks a little better uh, as well, better than it was last year. It was already a good offense, but now Calvin Ridley with Zay Jones, Travis Etienne on the backfield. Trevor Lawrence looks like he's taking another step in progression under Doug Peterson, who is a fantastic coach. Uh, defense also getting a little better. I really like this uh, Jacksonville Jaguars team a lot. I have a winning division. They're here. So they're doing good. All those teams have moved up. What teams have moved down, though? Number six, Bengals. They started the year off high, but they're at number six now. When you score three points, it is rough. When Joe Burrow only passes for 82 yards, it is rough. But I'm not knocking them out of the top ten because I realize their talent, and I realize it's only one game. They don't play the Bengals in Cleveland every week. It's like a house of horrors for them. It's a nightmare. But when they don't play the Bengals or when they don't play the Browns in Cleveland, they look like a much different football team. They look like a team that can win a Super Bowl. Good thing they only have to face Cleveland one other time this year, and it will be in Cleveland, and I or it will be in Cincinnati, and I expect Cincinnati to win at home. Uh, I'm not worried about this offense at all. I'm really not. Number five, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, they drop all the way down from one to five. Why is that? Well, they did lose to the Detroit Lions, I'll give you that. They lost to them. Uh, Patrick Mahomes didn't look crisp either, below 60% completion percentage. Um, the only reason I have them still at five and not any lower than that is because I do acknowledge they were missing Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey, two very good players uh, for this team, but really the wide receivers didn't look great. Uh, Jared Goff had time to throw when it wasn't a blitz or crazy design scheme when you just straight up rush for Jared Goff had time to throw and threw a great ball and picked his spots with Amon Ross St. Brown, and Jameer Gibbs was able to run it effectively. So, yeah, Chiefs are here at five. But I still think they'll be a great team and make it to the AFC Championship game. This is no knock on them. Number four. Here's where I have the Detroit Lions, NFC, the rest of the way. Four best teams right now currently reside in the NFC. Yes, you heard that right. You heard that here. The Detroit Lions are the fourth best team. What did they do? Knock out the reigning, defending champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, in their own home, 21-20. Guess what? Patrick Mahomes, before this, had never lost a week one opening game in his life. The Chiefs haven't lost one in like seven straight years. It's been a long time. Everybody was saying Patrick Mahomes could do this, could do that. But the Lions stopped it all. Why? Because their defense was tenacious. Ada Hutchinson is a dog. Brian Branch is a dog. C.J. Gardner-Johnson is a dog. Jared Goff, Amon Ross St. Brown, all dogs. This is a team full of dogs led by head dog Dan, the man, Campbell. This team's going to win a lot more games this year. I guarantee that. Number three, Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, they're at three. Very strong first half performance. A little uh, quieter in the second half, but still a team with Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, great offensive line, winning a tough football game. 
in New England, which was emotional at being Tom Brady Appreciation Day, to stave off all that, stay focused, and win the game. Props to the Philadelphia Eagles for that. Number two, the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, San Francisco is number two. They looked utterly dominant against the Pittsburgh Steelers. To me, again, made it look like the Steelers didn't practice at all this week. Brock Purdy looked like he somehow got better from his elbow surgery. Brandon Ayuk looks like he's taking that next step. Christian McCaffrey is an offensive cheat code. And the defense has players all over the field. Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, uh, Hufanga. It's just insane level of football being played. And it's being orchestrated by head maestro Kyle Shanahan, who to me is the best coach in the NFL currently active. I'm not talking about accomplishments or legacy here. Andy Reid and uh, Bill Belichick have that. But coach, I want to play for and best offensive mind in football. It's Kyle Shanahan. Don't fool yourself. Mid number one, Dallas Cowboys. Yes, they're number one. They deserve to be number one. Only team in the first week to pitch a shutout. Seven sacks make Daniel Jones look absolutely helpless. The Daniel Jones, I know he is. That's who the Cowboys turned him out to be. Uh, the offense was good. They were efficient. Dak Prescott didn't turn the football over. Trevon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore on defense, Micah Parsons, all played fantastic. Tony Pollard was great. This team, to me, doesn't have a glaring weakness at hole. Their biggest weakness is quarterback, and yet he's a multiple-time pro bowler and a good quarterback. And if that's your biggest weakness is having the 10th best quarterback in the NFL, that's you're really nitpicking on the weakness here because – this is a fantastic football team. That's why they're number one. So there you have it, the teams that make it up. Chargers, Bills, Dolphins, Jags, Bengals, Chiefs, Lions, Eagles, Niners, and them boys. Not a Cowboy fan, but I recognize greatness. This team is really good. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye, everybody.